Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to enlightenment, an hour for inquiry, reflection, questions, and more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. An hour devoted to exploring the edge of consciousness and all that is implied thereof. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves. An hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Every week I read a few of your letters as our way of honoring your contribution to our show, and we do indeed appreciate your letters. Last week the show was all about dreams. Our guest was Dr. Jillian Holloway, and many of you wrote both of us. Uh, The phone lines were full and the chat room had many questions, and I apologize that we just simply were unable to get to everyone. That said, we have arranged for Jillian to join us again in the future, so remember your dreams and plan on showing up with them. Bring them to the show. All right, Sonny wrote, I must say that I have thoroughly enjoyed listening listening to many of your shows from day one of its debut on Hay House Radio. I, being a self-professed novice in the world of mind-body-spirit work, understood instantly that I was to pay attention to much of the subject matter you would offer up for discussion. I've been intrigued by much of your programming. However, never have I been so moved or compelled to write a few words of opinion like now. Your show with Dr. Jillian Holloway and her work with dreams was absolutely brilliant. Dr. Holloway nailed it with her explanation on the intensity of a person's dream. I had come to realize that was very much the case for me. What I tried to ignore and put off came back stronger and stronger like a scolding about which I knew on some level I needed to do. Only in addressing the subject of the dreams abate. I really wanted you to know that your show was something that spoke volumes to me. Thank you once again for all that you do. Your work truly has given me much to contemplate and reflect upon. Well, thank you, Sonny, and we cherish the opportunity to bring you programming that is designed to help us all discover ourselves, our way, our path, all as individuals, and again, all as a part of the collective or the whole. Okay, Patty wrote, great show. We had such great conversation in the chat room, bringing up dreams from long ago, and then I went to Jillian's book. Wow, I had no idea people have similar dreams. Hence her book. Duh. (laughs) Okay, Patty, duh. Shame about the technical difficulties, but hey, it's wonderful live radio. That's why we need two-hour shows. Looking forward to Jillian's encore. Thanks, guys. Much joy. Well, thank you, Patty. And we're seriously considering that two-hour show right now. Jennifer wrote, thanks for having the chat room. I love it. Well, you know, we're very glad you do. If you miss out on the live broadcast, you can still join the chat room. It may no longer be live, but you can see the conversation that went on, and you can view any videos that we show there. So even if you watch our show later in the week, watch it, catch it, obviously, be sure to check out the chat room at eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. All right, Charles wrote, I love the show in Hay House and have your mind programming book. Your work and your commentary are top notch. Thanks again. Well, thank you, Charles. Kay wrote, I thoroughly enjoy your work. Thank you for the contribution to all that is. Infinite blessings to you, sir. Thank you, Kay, and heavy on that sir stuff. We truly appreciate you. 
Now, Sandra wrote, I am thrilled to have come across your webpage. It is very exciting for me to have found it. I am one of the many who have been struck by the economy in that I was released from employment now 19 months ago. Your encouraging and inspiring messages are definitely something I'm in need of now. I thank you for the free MP3 audio programs. I try to listen to them as often as possible. All right. Well, thank you for the feedback, Sandra, and for everyone out there. These free MP3 programs are there for you at absolutely no cost. They uh, are the real deal, the patented and proven effective intertalk technology you've heard me talk about. They're not samples. Uh, we think of it as a part of our own pay-it-forward program. So go get yours today. You can do that by simply going to eldentaylor.com and selecting the free programs option from the left-hand navigation pane. Okay. After last week's show, Jillian and I exchanged a few emails. I had no idea that she was using one of my books in her college course. It turns out that she uses my book, What Does That Mean?, in her intuition and dream classes. And she wrote, With regard to your book, I teach a class at Mary L. Hurst University called Transformational Narrative, which is essentially examining our life stories and our memories from the perspective of what they can teach us and one another. A great deal of storytelling is involved, obviously, and your book is the ideal example of reflective, examined narrative and a perspective of wisdom. The difference in benefit and growth between how could this have happened and what does it mean is incalculable. I have students read aloud to each other from your book and then launch into their own memories triggered by your stories. Then the students ask each other, what does it mean or what did it mean to you? One of the great trigger topics to this, describe a memory of something that happened to you which technically could not have happened, yet it did. This gets everyone stirred up, but virtually everyone seems to have a memory of such an event. It breaks our set and begs the question of what we make of these things. Since your book is full of such accounts, gorgeously told, it is the perfect introduction into these kinds of topics without freaking everyone out. Although this is pretty simple, for some it is the first time they ask that particular question about that particular memory. We do a lot of laughing, crying, and goosebump making. These are kids who are going to be therapists, teachers, and social workers, and many tell me it was a gentle but life-changing experience. They love your book and the implications of your perspective. I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to be clean here and admit, I absolutely love getting letters like this. I mean, who wouldn't? Thank you, Jillian. I would like to encourage all of you uh, to get a copy of What Does That Mean? Exploring My Meaning and Mysteries. You can get it from Hay House. You can buy it online stores. I saw it online at Amazon for about $16. Uh, Dr. Jillian Holloway makes a truly important point when she says, quote, the difference in benefit and growth between how could this have happened and what does it mean is incalculable. So please do get yourself a copy today. We'll be doing another show on Mind, Meaning, and Mysteries, and I'll be uh, presenting this weekend uh, in Tampa on this subject. I, I do think this is where, you know, it begins. If we don't open ourselves up in, in this area, then we miss the messages. But that's my opinion. Okay, that's all the time that I'm going to take today for our letters. I do invite you to share your views and suggestions about our show. You can opine by leaving comments on my website or by emailing me at eldon, 
That's E-L-D-O-N at eldentaylor.com. You can also join me on Facebook. Now to today's show, angels. Are they real, or is this just some superstitious remnant of ancient lore? Do all religions have angels? I mean, are there Hindu or Buddhist angels, even though you don't find that in a dictionary when you look up angels? Well, actually, there are, and a quick click of a mouse on Google brings back many angels of all kinds of faiths. So is the angel idea universal? The Skeptic's Dictionary says, and I'm going to quote this, quote, an angel is a bodiless, immortal spirit, limited knowledge and power. God created angels to worship him. Not all God's angels acted angelically. However, some angels, led by Satan, rebelled against a life of submission and were cast out of heaven. These bad angels were sent to hell and are known as devils, end quote. According to this, angels and demons are opposite sides of the same coin, then. I guess that means that if you believe in angels, you're obligated to believe in demons, devils, the dark side of heaven. I know many that want to believe in angels, but refuse to accept the idea of demons and devils. How about you? Plus, it means that angels must have free will and or some of them were just created defectively. What do you think about that idea? Dan Brown writes about angels and demons, and Ron Howard was actually blocked from filming in two churches considered essential to the movie by the same name by the Vatican. Controversy seems to surround both the notion of angels and of demons. Our guest today has been with us before, and we have enjoyed her very much, always do, and her book, Angels in My Hair, continues to be a publishing phenomena, one you want to get and you want to read. Of course, I'm speaking of Lorna Byrne, and the last time she was here, we had a number of so-called hard questions that we were unable to get to. You asked her to return, many of you wrote me, and to take on those difficult issues of our time, to share with us the wisdom she has gained from her angels. Lorna graciously, and I will add, courageously, agreed to do so. Tough questions like what happens in 2012? What can be done between Christians and radical Muslims to bring about peace? Is war inevitable? Is a second coming near? Do angels actually battle amongst themselves? Well, you get the picture. So let's get right to today's show with a delightful woman, one of my very favorites, Lorna Byrne. Welcome back to Provocative Enlightenment, Lorna Byrne. Hello, Alton. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Well, it, it, it is our honor and our pleasure, indeed. You are a brave, courageous lady, and I'm sure your angels have told you, you know, this is not going to be a walk in a park today. No, definitely not, <laughs> by the sound <laughs> of it anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we haven't talked in months, so I'm going to start with, a, you know, some soft stuff. How have you been and what have you been up to? Um, how have I been? Well, I have been grand, very, very busy, um, doing loads of book signings and radio interviews and TV and all, all of that, spreading the word um, around the world about the angels, you know, bringing it back to people that angels exist, you know, and, and that, that they are real and how much we really need them to, to help us um, you know, make this world a better place. 
you know, we, we need we need their guidance. And I heard you talking about dreams and that, and that's another way that angels communicate with us as well. They come into our dreams. They give us dreams to help to give us guidance as well. But I know at times it's really hard for us um, to understand those dreams at times. But I you know, know people can if, if they live their life, you know, like when when you have a dream, it's like, you know, be conscious of it and see what your day unfolds, you know, and some sometimes people find the understanding of a dream easier than others. You know, some of us find it, we we question the dream maybe too much. That's interesting. Angels actually give us dreams. They, They do, yeah. I know it, it was just that I heard you talking about dreams and uh-huh. and that, and it's a question that I hadn't um, been asked, but sometimes if if they're finding it hard to guide us, um, they will give us a dream. You know, they, they will use within the dream something to help to get us to go in the right direction or to see danger in something to, to make us more more cautious. And I, I think it is a wonderful way of communication. We're Spe- we're just what would you say? I think the world is really just learning about how angels do communicate with us. Speaking of messages, when you and I first visited, I asked you a question. I'm going to bring the question to you again today. Uh, but for our entire listening audience, uh, when I first asked the question, it was for myself. This question for our entire listening audience, uh, for the world out there, uh, what would, you know, if, if the angels could just tell us one thing, what is it they would tell us? I think the one thing they would tell you is that, you know, that you have a soul and that angels exist you know, um, that we're not alone and and that that we don't die. You know, we only only our physical body dies but our soul lives which is more more than than our physical body is. You know, um angels are you know, they want us to, they want to take us back home safely. You know, um, even though this earth is a beautiful place. But I know what hap- some of the things that will happen in the future, depending on the choices of, of man. And I know that, you know, for so long, you know, angels became very commercial. So people, in, in a sense, now kind of laugh and sneer at it, you know, in, in, that, in that idea. But it is just to, they want us just to become aware, you know, for it's part of evolution. It's part of our evolution of the body and soul becoming one, you know, and that's really, really important. And all as I can say to people is angels exist. I see them physically every single day. And I see people's souls on occasions when God allows me. And, you know, that is credible. Yet I can't prove it. I give out to the angels every single day saying, like, you know, can you not appear for more people in the world and stay in appearance, you know, that little bit longer? But yet I know they do that for people, but on a very personal level. I just wish they would do it the way they do it for me. If, if you understand, you know, right. I'd love you yourself to be walking down the road and 
watching people walking towards you or past you and for you to see the light of the guardian angel right behind them, you know, and to see other angels around them. You know, I would love every human being to be able to see that. And that's one thing I, I always ask. And I believe one day that will happen. I know it will happen. I, don't I would love to have it. that experience as well. I think everybody would love to have that experience. Yeah. But, you know, we always, it, it is so easy to get away from the difficult questions and begin to just deal in the general that uh, I, I want to steer us back into some of these okay. difficult questions that always come in uh, when we're out of time. And and then I have all this email and and, and, you know, so you heard the setup. Uh, do we have defective angels? I mean, do angels war against each other? I mean, uh, how, how? I mean, what? You tell us, if you will, what angels were made for, why they were made, what their purpose is, and are there bad angels? There are bad angels, in this, but I don't call them bad angels. I call them Satan's helper helpers, you know, um, and angels were created, God created them, you know, before he created souls, before he created his own children, some part of himself, and they are creatures. Um, I, I So much I, I could tell you now, um, and here I'm saying to the angels, where do I start? You know, Satan does exist, and it is part of part of what I don't like to talk about, you know, and the other side, the evil side gets in around us um, when when we're hurt in some emotional way um, and we strike back. And even though your guardian angel is, you know, asking you not to strike back or, or telling you not to do a particular thing, but it is the human part of us that makes us strike back, that makes us listen to the other side. Angels are, in a sense, how can I describe, they are at war with Satan, you know, with, with his helpers to protect us, but not at war in the sense of, um, you know, to do with heaven, but but to actually protect us. Um, and that, that's so, the part I, I do be frightened of in the sense of seeing, seeing the angels having to do that because it, it's like our, our weakness. So when, you see angels, so when you see angels, Lorna, do you, do you see both the good and the bad around some people? I do, yeah. And this is something I haven't really, really talked about, you know, um, in, in a huge way. Um, sometimes I don't know that I you've would, talked about it at all, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I don't think so, so really. Like, um, sometimes when I'd be walking down the street or I could be, you know, in in any country at, at the moment and I could be in a cafe and looking out a window and, you know, I could see someone passing by and the guardian angel is working really, really hard. But I would see, you know, the other side, the evil side there and the guardian angel would be telling me that they can't get through to the person. The person is so angry and so full of hate, you know, and, you know, it's just it's just not listening, but is yet listening to, to the bad side and thinking of doing something, you know, something wrong, something bad. 
And I know that can happen in so many ways in our lives. You know, um, even now in Ireland with people being unemployed, you know, they can be thinking of, what would you say, it's, it's the way Satan can get in, the devil can get in, whatever you would like to call him, you know, of a way to make money, you know, and not caring whether it harms somebody else. And that's how we have war as well. You know, so and, and so me, let me just ask this then. Frightening. If, if I mean, I, I, I'm going to put this, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this and not offend yeah. anyone. Okay. If, if I'm on my knees and I'm praying for the death of someone else, whatever faith I might be, but I want, you know, I want the extermination or the death of someone else. If you get that into your, in yeah. your mind for a second, yeah. is that, you know, have I got, uh, you know, Lucifer's helpers to use your turn, Satan's helpers? Have I got them there, uh, giving me this this ideation, prompting me to do this, reinforcing this? I mean, leading me to believe that I'm doing the right thing? Yes, because he's blinding you because of what has happened um, within within your life. You know, if, if you're in one of those countries now where, where there is war, you know, so many are being blinded, you know, and, and they're doing horrific things, you know, and they're listening to the other side. Um, it's, I, I do pray and ask that, you know, like I've often met soldiers and, and different type of people that have, you know, have come from different countries where there's war, and they would tell me, they would listen because of them being hurt or their family being hurt. And they would listen to the other side. Um, it's so much easier to listen to the other side. That is another thing that that frightens me. We find it easier to listen to Satan's angels, even though I don't like calling them angels as helpers. Um, we find it easier because... We find it harder to listen to God's angels um, because they're always asking us to do the right thing. So we could easily have uh, some difficulty distinguish between, you know, is this, uh, you know, the good angel or the bad angel? I mean, I can remember, and maybe I should say this story until we come back from the break because we've got a break coming up, but I can remember needing to move, uh, wanting to move my business, and as crazy as this may sound, uh, finally deciding not to, and then I'm laying in bed, and I'm sound asleep in the middle of the night, and my bed starts vibrating, I open my eyes, and standing at the end of the bed is this tall, stern person with a finger pointing at me, telling me the only place for you to move is, and, uh, you know, I sit up in bed, and then there's nobody there, Now, I didn't have any angelic feeling about this individual, Um, but I did end up moving where, according to what I was told, and it turned out that was the best thing I could have done because we had an employee defalcation that was going on that I wouldn't have discovered if we hadn't done that. When we come back from the break, Lorna, I'm going to ask you, how do we tell the good from the bad? 
And then we're going to take our callers. We've got a lot of callers and a lot of questions out of the chat room, but I've also got a couple of more hard questions for you. So you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio, radio for your soul. We're discussing angels and the information that they have shared with our special guest, Lorna Byrne. We will return after a short break and a few words from our friends. Be sure to stay tuned, and you don't want to miss what's coming up next. And thank you for listening to Hay House Radio. Close your eyes. Imagine your goals and dreams. What's preventing you from accomplishing them? Most often, we are our own worst enemies. I can't. I'm not good enough. It's time to reprogram that inner dialogue. Replace all those negative self-images with, I'm good. I am powerful. I can do anything. Eldon Taylor's InnerTalk patented subliminal technology does just that. Researched at numerous universities such as Stanford and by governments such as Mexico and Germany, InnerTalk has repeatedly been proven effective at changing your self-talk. Stop imagining your goals and make them a reality today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K dot com. Intertalk dot com. Do you feel like you've become lost in a funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you, I invite you to step through the doorway and onto the path leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Elton Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions. Now expanded, updated, and revised, it will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free from your current perceptions and begin your journey to how high is up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing the insight and advice of angels. But before we get back to today's show, I want to invite you to sign up for my free newsletter when you visit EllenTaylor.com. And don't forget those free programs that we offer while you're there. All right, let's get back to the show because we've got our lines are full. Chat room's got all kinds of questions. I have several pages, 26, 28 more questions. And I I can see we're not going to get to them, Lorna. So this this finger that was waving at me at the end of the bed, not all angels are necessarily uh, angelic in their presence, I take it. Is that true? No, they're not. Sometimes if if it's hard to get through to you, um, an angel will will appear as, as, as that angel did forcefully. Or sometimes they will use a soul. A soul will be allowed to come in and um, do it force, forcibly as well. So I have to say well done for listening. <laughs> well, I, I always try and listen, that's for sure. But now, before we go to the phones, I've got a couple of quickies here that I just have to get in because when I look at the questions that we had from the last show, they were presented just altogether too many times to ignore. 
they this may seem like you know we're just jumping around, but do animals have souls? Um, I'm asked that question a lot, and what I would say to you, no animals don't have souls. But if an animal is loved so much by its owner and cared for, um, how can I say it? That person, God will have that animal in heaven for them. You know, and I have watched many animals die that um, were loved, you know, really, really loved. And um, just to watch the energy, you know, all that I can say, sometimes it looks like hula hoops, you know, different mm-hmm. colors, and it's circling the body, um, but yet not touching it, and going from one end of the body to the other and disappearing as, as the animal dies. Um, you have to remember, angels have used animals loads of times to help someone, you know, um, say a loved pet or something like that, you know, a dog or a cat even, or even a bird when, when a person needs encouragement. And you would hear from all around the world, people would say, I saw my dog, you know, or my cat during a, a critical time. Or you'd often hear even a, a child say, I saw Granda's dog that died, you know, and that they played with um, when, when maybe they fell off a bicycle or they saw it in the middle of the road um, getting the, the child to go in the other direction on the bicycle. You know, um, when animals are loved, it's it's just so hard to, to explain. It. They don't have a soul, but yet God can have them there in heaven. Um, I could just tell you, you know, in the book I write about the cat I had, Tiger. You know, this little mm-hmm. mention of right. her and the rabbit. And I have to smile, but at times God has sent them back to me just to see as as a sign the angels have allowed them. But they were loved so much. The animal has to be really loved. See, in the mystical tradition, I have just kind of, I'm going to ask this, in the mystical tradition of, uh, well, of every extent religion that I'm familiar with, uh, man has the ability to raise up or give not not a soul but an eternal spiritual uh, essence to an animal that they love very deeply is is that what you're explaining with your cat is it i suppose pardon? that's another way we could explain it you know it, it's just another way of giving people um understanding if an animal is loved so much, you know, you know, if an animal is loved so much, it'll even give its life for that person. Yeah. So that's that's a, a bonding that is, you know, such a connection with with that with that human being, and as well as with that person's soul. Ready for just a couple of quickies here, George Nury style? Yes, no kinds of answers. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to these calls, but I've still got okay. So. Uh, Hindu Buddhist tradition, you know, it, it teaches uh, all about the idea of separation. Indeed, the Course in Miracles is, you know, refers to the illusion of separation that that it's all a failure. Now, supposedly, the Course in Miracles was uh, given to a psychotherapist, uh, literally by Jesus Christ. Is that true or false? I'm just being told no, because you're saying okay, no, yes. Okay. All right. So 
These are controversial ones that you'll hear about okay. as time goes on. So let's take the jihadists of today. Do they have an angel accompanying them right up until the bombing? Um, who's jihadists? Uh, suicide bombers. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Radical Muslim suicide bombers. That, that is, that is the, the thing you, you have to remember. Yes, they have their um, guardian angel with them as well. You know, but they have the other side with them as well, Satan. And there's always hope, even though they do such... It's, it's so sad when someone does something like that. Because they're, they're so... They have become so, what would you say, wound up with the evil side um, that, that they don't want to see. And I can assure you their guardian angel does be working so hard. On unbelievably hard, you know, to try and get them. Turn them. You know, and they actually, the guardian angel works with other guardian angels, with other people, to to give them messages, telling them they shouldn't be doing these things. Okay, remember, you're, you're going to try and give me yes and no's. I'll, yeah, <laughs> so I know, I know. Calm, <laughs> okay. I know how tough it is. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to give it because um, it's so complicated in one sense. Yeah. And yet okay. so beautiful in another. Recently, we had a guest on our show, Bill Sweet, who's done a lot of research with prayer, directed prayer, and, and on seeds. And he's demonstrated that that prayer does influence the growth of, uh, you know, flora and, and, and variety of forms. However, they failed when it came to genetically engineered seeds. In his view, that was probably because this wasn't a natural seed. So my question to you would be, you know, is there, with what we're doing with technology by way of clones, uh, Dolly the sheep to potentially a human clone, to the genetic engineering, uh, are we creating some species or something that is so different than the creation itself that it doesn't respond to prayer, that it doesn't have angels? or um, That's a... Prayer is very, very powerful. Extremely powerful, you know, and I know when they were praying for plants or seeds, the natural ones to grow, because they were there at the beginning of creation or, or have happened naturally. It's like prayer is more intertwined with them. But when when we have something that's not fully that, it's like one half of that plant or one and the other half, you know, doesn't respond. So it's uh-huh. like as if, you know, even with the prayer, the half that is, is, is of nature um, and natural and good, it, it struggles to grow. So would a clone you know, have a have a soul would a clone i mean would a, clone a, a have human an being like you know, a you human know, being clone uh-huh. a human being i have never asked god and the angels that and yet i know with um what do they call it um ivf you know for women to become pregnant you know that is natural even though it's done in an oh, yeah. unnatural way right and in vitro or artificial insemination, yeah. but that's entirely different than you know, the clonal capacity. Some say that they've actually cloned human beings in uh, South America, uh, but that's why I ask. Uh, you know, yeah. would a clone? 
All right, let's let's do this. I, I would have to ask. I'll have to go back and ask. You, you've got to ask, and you'll have that answer. You'll have that answer in our next show. In the betwixt time, I have got to go to the phones and okay. to some of these questions. Uh, otherwise, I'm just we're not going to get there. So I'm going to ask all the callers to please limit your question to a question and and preferably to a general subject about angels that you know, would apply to everybody out there so that we're not, we, you know, we don't find ourselves, you know, counseling, if if you would. On, uh, see, we have Mary from uh, Missouri on the phone. And Mary wonders if prayers get answered if others, well, Mary, you asked the question. Well, good afternoon, and I'm so honored to be with you guys both today. Lorna, I love your books. They've been such thank a great you. inspiration. And Eldon, I want to thank you. You've sent me recently a forgiving tape for my son, and I want to thank you deeply for that. My question is about prayer and the free will of others. Um, I've had a troubled child that I've been praying deeply for, and I guess I fear, my fear comes in because of his free will. Will my prayers be answered? You you have to remember your prayers are being answered. You have to remember that your child is living life, and you must still keep on praying. Sometimes when we ask for something in prayer in a particular way, like for your child, it may not work in that particular way, but that doesn't mean the prayer is not being answered. It has to work for, for your child. So you have to listen as you pray as well for any messages you get. In you know, say you may have to change something or, you know, go in a different direction. You know, but the prayer is working. I um, often don't hear my things very well. I try, but I think I try so hard I don't hear. Yeah, you are um, probably trying too, too, too hard. I just say to people, it's simple. If you're told to move a glass in on the table that's already in the center of the table, just move it because they're teaching you. You don't actually have to try. It's like when something suddenly comes into your mind. It's like even with your child. You know, if something comes in, you know, that you should bring him somewhere or you should, you know, put something in front of him to read at some stage, you know, anything like that, um, then then you should do it. Your child hears all the time, even though your child is rebelling against you. But your child is listening. You pray and you ask for the other side to stay away from him. You have to help his guardian angel as well. Okay, Will Mary. you pray for him all... Will you pray will for him, indeed. Lorna? Thank you. I will indeed. You know that. Thank you so much. And I have a wonderful husband that's been very supportive through this difficult time. If you keep us all in your prayers, I'd truly I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Elton and we'll get, we'll Lorna. Get we both will we'll keep you in our prayers, Mary. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right. Blessings to you. No, blessings to you. We have a call or we have a question out of the chat room. I'm going to try and bounce back and forth here so our folks in the chat room don't get slighted. This is an interesting question. She says the uh, the comment is from Carla. 
I have a question. I will be attending a sweat lodge this weekend. My neighbor recently came over to warn me about attending. She is somewhat clairvoyant, but doesn't really know how to use her gift. I asked why. She said that she was afraid that some dark spirits would enter my body. Since I believe her concerns are valid, I would like to know what I can do to prepare myself to be protected. Alternatively, uh, should I not attend? Thanks. Well, that's, that's what your you question. have. It is. It's a big, big question, and that is what everyone has to remember. You're going to a sweat lodge, and I think that's where the steam and stuff like that, and yes. you're, you're going to be meditating. And because of all of that nature going on around you, you know, um, how can I say, yes, a, a negative, the negative side can get in and can, could show you horrible things, you know, testing you. And, and your guardian angel would, you know, that's, that's what you have to remember. Your guardian angel can't keep them away in the sense of, you know, bar them from you because they're, they're part of our, our growth um, if your friend is feeling that way about about you going, I wouldn't go because you're being given a message and you may need to learn more about or become more stronger spiritually yourself um, so, so that you can do it and so that nothing negative, even if it tried to come towards you and faced you, that you would be strong enough to tell it to go away you know, and only listen to your guardian angel and the angels that would be around you. All right. Carla, sounds like you ought to stay home. Let's go to the telephone. We have, uh, I, I believe it's Jolene from Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, is on the line. Jolene, you're on the air. We Hi. have a question for Lorna. How are you? I'm great, and thank you for taking my call. And, Ellen, I love your show. Love it, love it. It's Jill oh, Ellen. Thank you. And um, my question is, uh, how, if, if we're asking our guardian angels to help bring us together with our soulmate or, or our, you know, our partner in life, then how do we know if, you know, you, you were saying, well, how do we know if, if that's working versus the law of attraction? And because you said that that one guardian angel was trying to help that one a uh, person that you were viewing who was doing something bad, but he just couldn't help. So how is it that my thoughts, as much as I try to keep them positive, are they keeping me from uh, meeting my soulmate or, or just being with my soulmate? What role mm-hmm. does a guardian angel have versus my energy that I put out there? Your guardian angel has, has great power, you know, to help you. Um, but yet it, your guardian angel has to allow you to be tested by the other side as well. You know, if this is the free will, the choice. Uh-huh. It, it, your guardian angel can't overstep that boundary. Um, and your guardian angel always helps you to meet your soulmate. But you have to remember one thing. What? Your soulmate may not be a um, handsome young man. Your soulmate could be a child. Your soulmate could be an elderly (laughs) person. You have to remember, not all of us marry a soulmate because we're not meant to. And you can have more than one soulmate in your life. 
you could be happily married and, you know, have had a wonderful marriage, a wonderful relationship, and then lose your partner. And then meet someone else and discover that the second person you marry is actually your soulmate. And I know you might find that surprising. All right. Well, thank you very much for your answer. Thank you for calling, Joellen. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the chat room. Dora in the chat room says, Hello, if I subscribe to the belief that God saw that he made um, and that all was good, we're getting a little biblical quotation here, then how can a loving God create anything bad or evil? There is a school of thought that those judgments are created from the human ego mind. We see what we want to see and is contrived via our thoughts, beliefs, fears, etc. Lots of love. Your comments on that? Essentially, it's this. Look, God created the angels. One of the angels is Satan. This is the argument of deficient will, if you will. Uh, either God was able to make a perfect angel, Satan, and or he chose not to make a perfect angel, Satan. That being the instance, uh, who's responsible for Satan? Uh, what's your take on that? Okay, I'll, I'll explain. Um, God created all angels. And what way can I put it? Satan, he... He, he, in a sense, created a little bit more powerful because he liked him. He liked his creation. And God could have destroyed him, but God never destroys any of his creations. I know that might be hard for people to to understand. Um, so that is why he never destroyed Satan, but that is why he put him out of heaven. You know, and in a sense, when when we listened, when our souls listened to Satan and not to God's angels, then that the was qu- the time that God gave question, us free will. The question, Lorna, really is, could God have created Satan in such a way that he would have been perfect? Um, Never have, you know, or is, perfect, is the like component of... Perfect like he would have never rebelled against God or led a, a war in heaven or all this kind of thing. Or is this just a function of free will? You, you, the gift is free will, and given free will, you can you can pretty well pervert it and do anything you want to do. You, you can be, you, become you as can. dumb as you want to be. But it's like as if the only... I, I, I'm always trying very hard to explain it, but it's like as if, you know... He created the angels, you know, um, and it was like just one of them he liked more than others. Not liked, I, I'm, I'm saying it wrong. And and I know because of what God has explained to me, what the angels, he, God did give this one angel that little bit more, what would you say, power or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this, this angel then just believed he, he was as good as God, but God created him so he, would, he wouldn't destroy him. And those that followed him, he wouldn't destroy them either. And I know that's very hard for us to, to understand. Um, angels don't have free will like we have free will. Like there's loads of questions in that one question. 
you know, um, I never see angels argue or fight, you know, among each other. I never see God's angels do that. And people say to me, you know, well, what about hierarchy? And there is that, but not in the same way we have it. You know, the way we would have generals and they would be commanding a soldier to go into the battlefield and get get right. killed and stuff like that. Angels, they, they don't, there's none of that. You know, when, when I'm around Michael the Archangel or any other angel that is in charge of anything in, in that sense, humanly, um, they never show any anger or, or authority. It's like as if all the angels know and they're all in communication with each other every single second. There's no dispute. The only dispute is with the other side and that is that is Satan and the main job for God's angels is, you know, that that is the battle that they are fighting, you know, to prevent Satan from from destroying us. Some people would say, you know, well, then I guess God made a mistake. But then that, I think, would be a mistake, too, based on what you're saying. Because, yeah. you know, we we all see people that are given everything that then arrogate to themselves a greatness beyond that of the giver. So I, I, I suppose some of these things I just think... Uh, are, are beyond the scope of our linguistic ability they, to communicate. Lorna, they, they are. They're, it's, in, it's beyond we're, our we're, comprehension. We have about, you've got 15 seconds. Tell everybody okay. how to get a hold of you. Um, well, I would say go on to the website, lornaburn.com, and you'll learn all about me. And um, the book is called Angels in My Hair, and it is about myself and the angels. And I suppose for everyone, just to remember that you see that I see angels physically like I would see you if you were here with me. And it is a great book, Angel in My Hair. Do get a copy. And Lorna, you're going to hear a lot more from folks that just believe Jesus dictated the Course in Miracles. So, well, we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. And I want to thank you all for being here. I hope you'll join us again next week. And until then, remember, believing in yourself always matters.